A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, guys. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture. Very pleased to say I'm joined now by the nicest man in wrestling, a person we are very proud to say is a friend of What Culture's Big E. Thank you so much for chatting to us today. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I, I don't think I can uh, embrace that title, though. Like, there's Ray Mysterio. I don't know if you met That's Ray. Good. He's he's up there. Uh, you know, there there. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, that's not me. But thank you very much. So you've got it. a lot of tough competition. Okay, that's yes, fair. Yes, yes, um, yes. Let's let's start with an obvious question. One you're probably sick of answering. How are you? How's the neck? How's recovery going? No, I'm never sick of answering. It's always lovely that people ask and and care enough. Uh, recovery is going great. Um, you know, right now, like I got the, uh, you know, the doctor came back to me and things look good as far as, you know, my day-to-day life is very mm-hmm. normal. I don't have issues with headaches. I don't have issues with function. Uh, I'm really grateful. Like I, I feel normal. Um, but you know, getting into a ring and taking bumps is a little bit different than, mm-hmm. uh, walking around and living your, your day-to-day life. But, uh, I'm really thankful for everyone who's reached out and everything, but I do genuinely feel great. Uh, I don't have any issues at all in my life. Just, uh, you know, trying to make the best decision for, for yeah. myself. Yeah. 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 That's the main thing. We we often get uh, messages, you know, pitching you for, for matches or angles or whatever. And I think it's important for people to remember, like you say, first and foremost, that you're just, uh, yeah, back to able to just, just live your life normally. And, and uh, you know, fingers crossed, eventually we could see something like that happen. But, uh, yeah, just fantastic to see. You know, from where you were, especially, and uh, and, and all that, to, to where you are now, it's, it's really great to see. And you look fantastic on the the WrestleMania kickoff panel. We'll talk more on that later. But uh, one of the things we're here to talk about is something that you and I sat down to talk about way back in in 2021. Back then, it was promoting the Kickstarter for the fantastic Our Heroes Rock project. And uh, well, look at it now. For those unaware. Let's go from the beginning, the, the sort of genesis of the, this idea to, to where you are now with this uh, NAACP Image Award nominated short film and, uh, you know, this this amazing reaction that, that Bridges has got. But, yeah, let's, let's start from the beginning. Um, for those unaware, what is Our Heroes Rock? So, yeah, Our Heroes Rock is a, uh, a project that I started with my partners, Andreas Hale and Jonathan Davenport. And, and really for us, the origin was, honestly, it was George Floyd. So, you know, George Floyd happens. And I think, too, so much of the reaction had to do with the fact that we were in lockdown. We were in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't traveling. Uh, you know, at the time with WWE, we were still shooting shows all locally. So I didn't have to get on a plane at all. It was Orlando, which is about an hour and a half, two hour drive from my house. It was St. Pete which is half an hour. It was Tampa, which is, you know, just down the, the road for me. So, uh, you know, we were in a position where I wasn't, I didn't have the distraction of, you know, this horrible thing happened, but I got to go on with my life and I'm going to be on a plane. And, you know, the, the normal hustle and bustle, I think that allows you to be distracted. Um, mm. So just sitting with something, you know, this is the first time that the death 
of a stranger uh, affecting me so deeply. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of my non-Black friends reach out and they wanted more information or how can I help or uh, what books should I be reading? And I spent more time thinking about it and thinking about my platform and what I wanted to do with my career outside of just being in the ring. And, uh, you know, I always, uh, I tend to think of, of the saying of like, to whom much is given, much is required. And I feel very fortunate that I've had all these opportunities and all these blessings in life. And I felt like, you know what, I have maybe done some small things to give back, but I kept feeling like I need to do more. It's, it's something that I, I really wanted to do. And, uh, you know, my first thought, I was just kind of going on a walk and, and it kind of hit me. My thought was, oh, what if we did something akin to Schoolhouse Rock? Uh, but on our wrestling gear in that same style, but for, for black heroes, heroes is the term we use for these historically significant people in uh, African-American history that have helped to shape our country and the world. And, uh, you know, our thought was, you know, if people pause for a second while I was wrestling and looked at a name, you know, I, I think so much of our division as people, especially in this country, in America and just abroad is our inability to see each other, to learn about each other. And, and I thought, you know, if we had gear that showed all these different historical figures, maybe people would broaden their understanding of what it means to be black in this country, of kind of the, the ups and downs. So I thought it just could be a great educational tool uh, for people. And it kind of started, the original idea was just, hey, let's do three or four. And then I just thought of some more names and it became, the list became 17. And uh, Johnny, who has designed our gear, and has designed the gear for Bailey and mm. for Ricochet and DIY and Cedric and a number of talent. Uh, and he's designed our gear for about a decade now. Um, he, uh, I just kind of floated the idea by him and he was really into it, thought he could replicate the style. And the cool thing, I remember I started wearing the gear backstage and I had uh, a couple people backstage. I remember there is a PA who's in her twenties and there's a, a cameraman who is in his fifties and they both, remembered the jingle uh, from Schoolhouse Rock about how a bill becomes a law. And I love so much how music uh, can do that, how you can have a jingle that you might have heard 20 years ago, but still kind of rattles around in your head. And I love that music can just be such a tool for teaching. And, you know, eventually uh, we, we do all the, the wrestling gear run. We do that for a few months and then we're done with that. And uh, then my, my buddy, Andreas Hale, comes in and says this needs to be more than just wrestling gear. Like, what, what's the plan here? So the three of us, me, Andreas and Johnny, we all sit down and uh, we eventually get the idea to do a Kickstarter. And little did I know, Johnny is just the humblest man I think I've ever met. Uh, I didn't know at the time that he worked for uh, Disney's Imagineering. Um, he had... Uh, He's done freelance work, designing uh, video games. He's written he's uh, written movies. He's just on, done all these incredible things. And uh, we quickly realized like, oh yeah, I we can do a short film here. And uh, he ended up writing it. Uh, once we raised the money, and, and thankfully, uh, thank, uh, thank you and, and your platform for helping us raise uh, so much money. We were able to raise $130,000. And uh, animation, especially 3D animation, is very expensive. So mm -hmm. I also had to kick in uh, money of my own. But even just having that amount of support, um, really just for us, it really demonstrated, yeah, we have people here who want this to come to life. And that was really beautiful for us. So we went from the Kickstarter campaign, raised the money, and then just kind of spent the last couple years or so uh, writing and working on the animation and doing all those things and uh, going back and forth 
with uh, we have a team in India that we use for for animation. We had a uh, voice coach in Portugal. We have uh, an artist who's in Australia. And I love that this really just kind of became uh, an international project. And we got so much great work. We have an artist in Puerto Rico who was amazing, who did our music video. So it, it really uh, it just became a real labor of love for us. And uh, we, we decided to tell the story of Ruby Bridges. Uh, and it was kind of a no-brainer when we were thinking about what story we wanted to tell because uh, you think of this little six-year-old girl in 1960. She's adorable. She's precious. She's just simply trying to go to school mm. in New Orleans, uh, integrating an all-white school for the first time. And, uh, you know, it was just, I think, for me, one of the really uh, prescient things, one of the things that I just couldn't get out of my mind was the fact that she's still here. You know, you see these black and white pictures. She's still alive. She's younger than both of my parents. Um, and I, I think so often we think of these stories as, oh, things from decades and decades ago. And sure, we're much better now and we're healed. But I think we still have so many of these same uh, issues in our country and abroad. So uh, we just really wanted to tell uh, a story in a way that didn't feel heavy or mm. pedantic. Uh, we didn't want it to be about finger pointing either or assigning blame. And I think that's so much of what our cultural landscape is, is I'm forced to take us aside you take the polar opposite side and we we butt heads and that's we didn't have an interest in doing that at all and and that's our hope is that people watch the film and uh it doesn't feel divisive it doesn't feel like someone is is telling you that you're wrong or they're lecturing you but simply telling a story about mm -hmm. uh the power of bravery of empathy of the damage that racism bigotry does to people of all people and what it does to you as well uh you know imagine being one of those people who is standing outside of an elementary school yelling at a little girl there was a someone brought a a little black doll and uh, had her in like a little casket uh, this is a six-year-old girl who is is innocent simply trying to go to school and uh yeah so it's we really just wanted to tell her story we thought it was a beautiful story and also uh we love the fact that you know, it's uh, it shows that you can be more than a bystander. We have Barbara Henry when all the other, you know, so many of the kids were pulled, like parents pulled their kids from the school. So many of the teachers, all the teachers said, we're not going to teach this little black girl. But Barbara Henry, who was, again, still with us, I think in her late 80s, but still alive, mm -hmm. uh, a white woman said, yeah, I I'm going to teach this young girl. And it was for a whole year, it was Barbara Henry and Ruby Bridges in a classroom uh, the entire year. And uh, it really just shows you the power of, uh, you know, when you're in a position to stand up and say something is wrong, that needs to change, that you can stand up and, and do the right thing. So uh, it's just such a, a wonderful story and uh, one that we were happy to tell in a different way. It's brilliant. I watched it again uh, this lunchtime. It's on the Our Heroes Rock YouTube channel. We shared the, the trailer for Bridges on our channel as well. A uh, fantastic short film. You've got that amazing uh, Rhapsody song in there as well, which sort of encapsulates what you were saying about uh, really putting out that message in song form that will stick with people. Um, you yourself play Etor, the uh, electronic tour guide for, for Maya. And yeah, it's a story not just about bravery, but about overcoming anxiety as well. It, it's fantastic. And it must be amazing to see um, subsequently this being shown and, and written about in classrooms now. 
Yeah, no, that was always our goal. So it, I always get so excited and my heart is warmed anytime I, I get a text. Uh, like yesterday, I got a text from a friend who lives in California and uh, she's an esthetician and is suggesting it to her clients who are teachers. And then uh, getting a text that, yeah, her classroom, her sixth grade classroom actually uh, watched it. And even like, hey, some of the, the students who think they're typically too cool for school are are into it. So it's always you know, getting, especially that age group, 12 to 13, to get them to care about a story like this uh, is not always the easiest. So it, it's really incredibly touching, um, all the images, you know, from across uh, the globe that we've gotten of, of it being played in schools has been really touching. So that's that's really what we've been spending uh, this month is trying to get the word out and, and trying to let people know, you know, this is a new endeavor. And I know oftentimes hearing about a, a Ruby Bridges cartoon from a pro wrestler might, might be something that might take a lot of people back. Like, it might, that might be hard to believe that would be any good, but uh, you know, I uh, it's not good because of me, it's good because of the incredible partners that I have. So I'm really appreciative of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, your voice fits perfectly for for Etor. It's a it's a, a really fantastic performance in there as well. Um, and and like I say, it's 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 well worth checking out. Um, not that you're doing it for this, but you know, Black History Month getting nominated for a, for an NAACP award that must really uh, feel good. Yeah, no, it does really feel good. Um, more than anything, just it, I think it helps give us some credibility too, to to you know for for other people to check out. But uh, yeah, we're excited about it. You know, just to be recognized by you know other people in the industry that uh, you know we're we're entering, it, it feels feels great. So we're excited about it. And to it, you know, for us, it's an opportunity for us all uh, as filmmakers and creators to come together and, and celebrate what we've done. Because I know you know Johnny and Andreas, they have families, and I was I was asking them especially during the pandemic, you know, asking a lot of them and pulling them away from their families and uh, for us to be able to come together and celebrate this thing that we did together uh, that we all love uh, is beautiful. No, it's been a, an amazing process to see. Um, I suppose technically it might it might not be the end. I mean, I'm, you're watching it. That's Ruby Bridges isn't the only person in the Hall of Heroes. Is that something you might pursue in the future? Yeah, no, that's definitely our goal. Right now, uh, we're kind of shopping around this idea of a, a series that that is our goal. We just want to tell more of these stories. And I, more than anything, like, I think it's such, it's such a great vehicle to tell stories in Black history. But even beyond that, from, hmm. you know, just other aspects of history, uh, even things that don't have to do with history. Um, I just think uh, the world building is something I really love. I think Johnny did such an amazing job with that. And we purposely designed the Hall of Heroes. So you have this room in this futuristic museum, but we also have these hallways and we don't know where those lead. And I think in, in our minds, like it's, uh, you know, kind of... Uh, the world is our oyster here. There's there's so much we can do, uh, and uh, especially as I get older, I really love being a kids entertainer, and I think being able to use that to also teach messages about empathy and kindness and softness. You know, always like for me, growing up on Reading Rainbow, growing up uh, with Bill Nye the Science Guy, just all shows like that that made learning, that made education, that made science or history, that made it fun and engaging and a lot more than, you know, like let's sit down and open, here's your lesson for the day. That kind of, for me, is really my dream of what I would want to do outside of the ring, to be able to be a voice like that, that, help, that helps to teach these things uh, in a way that's just more fun and engaging is, uh, that's, that's the pie in the sky dream. No, a fantastic uh, project. Congratulations, you two, to to you and Andreas and, and Johnny, who's 
who's been great with us along through this journey as well. Um, go and check it out. Uh, it's the Ruby Bridges stories. You've never seen it before. It's called Bridges. It is on our Heroes Rocks uh, YouTube channel. Do go and check it out and do support them uh, because hopefully, yeah, we'll get more from uh, from these guys going forward. Bring it back to, to wrestling now. E. I mentioned earlier you were there on that WrestleMania kickoff panel. Um, as a fan, that was quite the experience. What is it like? What was it like being there in person and, and being alongside the like? I thought you and Punk played off each other brilliantly. Obviously, you've got that that history together. I know you've talked a while back about him, you know, saving your career arguably with it with a match you had a, a, over a decade ago. But yeah, talk me through that experience because certainly as a fan, going into that, we weren't sure how WWE were going to handle the whole Cody Rhodes Rock Roman situation. Yeah, no, it was really interesting for me too. And I love not knowing. I love getting to be a fan too. And it's one of those things where I went in, not really, I wasn't really told much. I didn't really even learn. I was told I was going to be there. I just thought I was glad handing until I was on the plane to Vegas. And then I get the run of show and it's, oh, we, we need you for this panel. It's like, okay, all right, <laughs> uh, that works. And, and, you know, and thankfully, like I have a good rapport uh, with all those guys. So that, that definitely helped. Uh, you know, Cole's been great, especially. The last few years uh, has been great to me. Uh, I've had this, uh, you know, long friendship with Punk and, and same thing with Pat as well. So so being up there with a bunch of guys that you have a rapport with definitely helps. Um, and uh, yeah, man, the energy was great for us being there. One, it's Super Bowl weekend. We're in Las Vegas. Yeah. So just the energy of the town. There's a, a you know, big fight in town. The Teal, uh, uh, Teofimo Lopez fight was in town as well. So just that that energy uh, was already there. But, you know, I I obviously was was really into uh, paying close attention to the Cody story. I know, you know, my, my perspective is also different because I think when I think of Cody, I think so much of not only his career and what we've seen, what he did in AEW, uh, what he did at Stardust and his, his run, you know, dashing Cody Rhodes, all the stuff yeah. before then. So we, you know, so we've shared a locker room in WWE when I first came up. So there was that period also being able to watch him from afar. But for me, my perspective is also, you know, being such a close friend of, of the Huber family, of Brody, seeing yeah. what Cody did for that family uh, meant so much to me. And, and not just that, but time and time again, I would see stories of Cody just being, just having a really special connection with fans, the way he would reach out to others. Um, what he really built once he left the company uh, just really blows me away. Like I, I'm so impressed with uh, his growth, um, the way he has touched others, like he's affected people. And so like, to me, he has just kind of really organically put himself in a position to be the guy. Mm. And it's not just what he does outside the ring. The fact that he delivers, the fact that he can cut a, a promo the way he does, pretty much all the elements you would want out of a guy to, to, to be your flag bearer. Uh, and it was deserved. And to see him win the Rumble and then just say, eh, I talked to The Rock <laughs> and I was like, eh, you, you, you got this, you got this, Dwayne. I'm going to step back. I'm, I'm with everyone else in that, yeah. That's that's problematic. Winning the Rumble hmm. should mean something. And when you call out the guy right after winning the Rumble and you say, yes, you, Roman, up there, I want you. I'll see you at WrestleMania. And then a few days later say, actually. So, uh, you know, it was a story that I was, I was really into. I wanted to see how it all unfolded. And to me, there's so, I think what makes our industry so great is I love when so many different elements of stories all kind of intermingle together. So you have the history of Triple H, who is now running things, mm -hmm. the history with The Rock that goes back, you know, for decades. You now have, like, when Nick Khan first entered the company, I'm not sure anyone really knew about his history with The Rock. I saw 
uh, a tweet when it was kind of explained that they grew up together and whatnot, and my mind was blown. Mm. So, and, and now you learn that The Rock is on the board as well. <laughs> so he's kind of Cody's boss, and is he using his influence in ways he shouldn't? So there's just so many interesting elements uh, all intertwined here. So yeah, I was, I was really just, I was excited to see how it all unfolded. But in many ways, you know, I thought, okay, The Rock is here. That alone is kind of enough. I, I thought in many ways that it would kind of be a paint by numbers unfolding of this press conference. I didn't really expect anything interesting, honestly, to unfold. I just thought we'd be there. Oh, you know, Cody's going to pick Seth and, you know, people will be upset, but just deal with it. All right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm so glad that it wasn't that. Um, so the energy was great, man. Just just the the several thousand uh, fans who are in the building was really cool. Uh, I love, you know, we're, I, there's a lot of talk online about this sports style uh, shift with WWE and uh, doing, you know, a little bit more of a sports centric focus on the way that we we cover uh, our product. And, and I think that was felt in a way. I thought that the press conference, I love that it felt loose in ways. Um, obviously, you know, there were promos that were structured mm -hmm. and and that was clear, but uh, it, it just felt more dynamic than, than some of the stuff that we've done like that before. So as a fan, just being there and, and watching it all unfold and, and getting that, you know, you know, uh, having a great seat for for all of it uh, was was really really cool. Uh, you know, I think about the that massive family tree uh, as well. Yeah. Just so many elements, the f bombs flying. Uh, it was it was a really really cool moment being there. And uh, the great thing was, I think when the broadcast ended, it to me it left us with more questions than answers, which I really loved. You know, we still had at the time, I think it was about fifty eight days from then until WrestleMania. So you still have a lot, you know, as a viewer, I don't want things to be set in stone, you know, 60 days out. Like, let's let's keep mm -hmm. telling the story. Let's see how it all unfolds. And now too, with WrestleMania being two nights, my thought is, oh, it looked like we're building towards a tag possibly on mm -hmm. night one, maybe. Uh, and then what does night two look like? There's, there's just so many great questions and uh, it, for me, it is so exciting to see our product be in this position, um, and, and it's not. And this is not just the one compelling story. You know, the stuff with Bailey yeah. and damage control is, is amazing too. Uh, it's it's just nice to not be in the creative doldrums right now. Mm -hmm. I, I think you know, if you watch WWE, uh, I, I would say like this is this is the one of the hottest periods we've had over the last like, decade or so. So it's uh, it, was, it was really cool to be there in person with that energy and see things unfold the way they did. Yeah, I mean, I was sort of conflicted as well because there was similarities, I'd say, to the the, the sort of fan support that, that led us to Kofi Mania back at WrestleMania 35 of, no, this is the guy we've decided as fans, this is who we want and... You know, previously, WWE, I think it's fair to say, had, had sort of made the decision and plowed on with it regardless. Um, but certainly with, with with Cody now, and, you know, we were doing the sort of mental gymnastics of right, how are they going to do this? Like you say, with, with the two nights of WrestleMania, they can't, Cody can't, after everything he said and everything that's happened previously, I was there, at, lucky to, to be there at 39, and I thought, well, that's an interesting call to have Roman go over there and, uh, and obviously you've had your run-ins with, with Roman in the past and he is this, you know, Thanos-esque figure now, this unstoppable person who suddenly now has a, a seemingly bigger, older brother there that's part of this bloodline. And I don't, I, I've st I'm still get, getting my head around how we've come to a point, yeah, where we potentially have night one 
the Rock and Roman Reigns in a tag team versus the number one contender for Roman Reigns' title, Cody Rhodes, and potentially the world heavyweight champion, uh, Seth Rollins, in his corner. And then night two, hopefully, Cody finishing the story. But, but yeah, watching that wave of fan support and the fact that the company now seems more open to listen to that sort of thing, it, it, it must instill a great deal of confidence in yourself and, and so many within the locker room. No, very much so, man. It's um, if you're if you're a fan of, of what we do to me, like, it's all about storytelling. You want to tell good stories. And I think oftentimes in the past, we've been guilty of not telling good stories of stories that have holes in them that uh, don't play out in ways that make sense. And uh, and I think oftentimes with, with baby faces as well, we often bury our baby faces with the way they handle. And that, that's kind of what I think a lot of people were worried about with Cody stepping aside is, you know, it's, it's hard to root for a guy who scratches and claws, but works his way up year, you know, time and time again, and then finally gets to that position and just says, nah, mm. I, I don't want it. So, uh, you know, to that that's just such a big thing uh, for me is making sure that we don't insult the intelligence of our fans. And uh, I, I think with this current direction, I'm really excited because I, I, I think we're, we're getting there. Mm. I think we're doing a better job of telling more complete stories, of, of paying stories off, of, of having people that fans are really behind, not just quietly shoved off to the side simply because we've decided this is the path we're set on and we're committed to it. Uh, you, I, we always, as a performer, one of the first things you learn is it's all about being able to take fans on that ride. Mm. And uh, if we lose their trust, if we lose their ability to say like, yeah, if you stay on this ride with me, it's gonna pay off. We, we degrade what we do. We degrade our ability to, to bring them along on another story. How can I trust, you know? And I think we had in the past, we've had lapsed fans because of that, yeah. who were really into a story or who were really behind a character and then saw them time and time again, not have it pay off or for some reason it just all fell apart. So yeah, it's that's, that's what I want. Uh, and, and just to have our fans feel like they're watching something that is worth their time and that their their investment in the story is worth it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. 
Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, one of the big questions I got uh, sent when I said I was going to be chatting to you today, uh, off the back of that that panel and the way you and Punk played off each other and, like you say, Cole and, and Pat as well, um, is the potential of you doing more commentary or, or, or you know panels or things like that? Is that something you might be, be open to? Because I feel like it would be a, a real uh, natural step for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, it is also it's interesting because I think about my time like starting off in the company and by no means was I considered a good talker. You know, it took time for me to get more comfortable uh, and whatnot. So for me to be able to stand by the side of, of a guy like Punk, Cole, uh, Pat, all these guys who are great talkers, natural talkers who do this, uh, you know, for a living, uh, was was really great. So I appreciate all the positive feedback. You know, it's something that I definitely uh, would consider, and uh, I do still definitely want to be involved with the company, regardless of what happens with my in in ring career uh, mm -hmm. moving forward. Uh, you know, I've been with the company now. It's been fifteen years. It's been yeah. fifteen years of my life that I've been signed with this company, a job that I took on a whim, and uh, just uh, you know, it's it's been such an integral part of my life. So yeah, it's definitely something I'm, I'm open to. I want to make sure, you know, we have some really great broadcasters. I think of guys like, uh, you know, Vic has done such an incredible job. And, you know, many people speculated when things were getting shuffled around that maybe he would get moved up to Raw. So I definitely want to make sure that I'm not in a position where I'm kind of trying to leapfrog anyone who who deserves opportunities or who's been grinding at it. But uh, if it makes sense and there are other panels or there are other opportunities uh, to, to come in, uh, I, I'd love to. I, I think one of the, one of the issues, uh, one of the problems is the bar was set too high. My first time was coming in with this Vegas rock thing. So <laughs> it's like we got a lot of work to do to make sure that everyone is as fulfilling and as as, as enjoyable. But uh, I'm definitely open to it. And uh, it means a lot to me to see all the positive feedback about my time on the panel. So I really appreciate that. 15 years with the company, 10 years this year of the new day, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long time. We are old. Our hairlines don't look the same. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it's it's been it's been quite the journey. And we we thought it's for like a year or so we've been kind of eyeing uh, the ten years. And uh, you know, not you know, it's not the same. I'm I'm not around. Uh, and I told those guys too. You know, as long as I'm out, please don't feel like you're beholden to me. Like my voice comes on at the beginning of the song every time, and I'm not around. And I don't know if that's fair to those guys. And if hey, if you need a fill in with a third feel free to but uh they, they're always so adamant about like no 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 this is the group and i appreciate them ideally for that but yeah man it'll be 10 years i don't know what you officially consider the 10 years you know there was a summer mm -hmm. summer of 2014 where we uh come out in the uh, uh nation of domination 2.0 uh type look and that didn't last very long um Unfortunately, we, we were not pleased with that, but it honestly it turned out for, for the best for us. But yeah, man, we've had um, we've had a really an interesting run in many ways. Uh, our our brotherhood, our love for each other. We, we've talked about ad nauseum. Everyone uh, knows all about that. But uh, man, I'm just so appreciative to have really great partners and seeing, you know, even through the ups and downs, through the ebbs and flows of their career, uh, they had an opportunity uh, last year to go to NXT and do the stuff with, with Pretty Deadly, who they just speak so highly of. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think because Pretty Deadly, also their commitment to not just in-ring um, being interesting and creative in-ring, but also outside of the ring. Uh, I think it's one reason why Woods and Co. speak so highly of those guys. And, and I both just chatted briefly uh, with both of them when I ran into them, I think at uh, you know a TV or at the hotel, mm. and they they seem like lovely human beings. Uh, so yeah, it's um, 
there's a lot that, that's happened over the last 10 years between, you know, the births of, uh, of their kids, between, uh, you know, the broken necks, the WWE championships, the King of the Rings, the breaking records that have stood for 20 years. Uh, all so many things hosting that, uh, WrestleMania, of course. Yeah, hosting WrestleMania, which, you know, I think back to so many people were like, man, it's a bummer you guys don't have a match. I'm so sorry you guys don't have a match. But honestly, like bringing out Jeff and Matt was, yeah, that's one of my career highlights. Uh, I didn't have a single thing to do with the match or any of those things, but uh, just that moment, and I'm getting goosebumps again. You know, this happened years and years ago, but I love that it was a surprise that didn't get spoiled. Mm. Uh, people's excitement. I love seeing all the the videos of people shooting themselves in the crowd uh, and losing it uh, when Matt and Jeff come out. Uh, all those special moments, man. To be, uh, I feel so incredibly blessed to be a part of so many incredible moments. And when I look back to uh, the one thing that I'm so proud of and you know, just fulfilled by is that I I enjoyed the hell out of that entire run, man. We had so much fun. Uh, the shenanigans we had on camera, off camera, riding together, uh, getting to travel the world together, uh, and still getting to do so many amazing things together. You know, the, earlier this year, we got to do the Drew Barrymore show together, yeah. and that was a blast. Uh, we got to help uh, launch Tekken 8 uh, in LA, we did a, a two hour, like New Year's Eve style countdown show. Uh, that was a blast. So, uh, yeah, man, those, those are guys who, you know, until, until our, our final breaths, uh, I think we'll, we'll always be involved in, in each other's lives. And, uh, it's a selfish industry by nature. It, it kind of forces you to be with the amount of time you're gone, um, with the amount of time that you have to invest in yourself to make it. Uh, and I never fathomed that I would have or find such close friendships in this industry. And that's really been one of the most beautiful parts of, of my time in this company uh, is, is the bond with those guys. So, yeah, man, 10 years uh, this year. You sort of broke the mold as well. I think it's fair to say there was a there was a blueprint for, for tag teams around that time, especially of they'll do some stuff together. They'll, they'll come together like you guys did and they'll they'll challenge for titles and they will win titles and they'll lose titles. And then when the time comes that we decide either one member or both members of this tag team need to move on to something else, then they will split and feud and what have you. And even when you, you know, you went to SmackDown and, and did IC title stuff and obviously Kofi winning the, the WWE championship, it kind of unheard of around that time that tag teams wouldn't suddenly betray each other i know i know uh but we fought for that man we were very yeah. vocal about it and that that's really why i think we lasted so long is even being like pulled into the office office and saying this is the plan and us saying we don't want to do that plan mm -hmm. <laughs> it's uh that was it and and um we, we we knew very early that we had something special just with our chemistry even when when no one else did and to me that that's one of like the greatest life life lessons and and something that i'll always take with me and i always have is you know so often people will say this is how things are done this is how tag teams behave this is how you need to structure your your gimmick this is all those things and then same things that i heard about being serious and whatnot but uh we fought so hard to be ourselves we fought so hard to to do something that we thought would work even though we hadn't necessarily seen a precedent exactly like it and don't get me wrong of course we were uh, you know, we we borrowed from guys like uh, the Hardys. Of course, we borrowed from from Edge and Christian. Uh, we borrowed from so many of the guys that came before us that made tag team wrestling fun. And we tried to take little bits and pieces. But uh, just too often in this industry, people tell you this is what you're supposed to look like. This is supposed. This is how you're supposed to. Uh, you know what wardrobe you you wear. But um, we were 
we we just really fought to to try to do our best to be different, to stand out, to be unique. And at the time, they you know, kind of the mantra was, you know, one of the things I learned in development, I want to things to tell you is like, hey, you probably don't really want to be in a tag team because if something happens to your partner, you're screwed or you're just going to get pigeonholed. So don't do that. Or, uh, you know, just just so many of these, these rules of wrestling or funny doesn't make money. So don't try to do comedy stuff. And and for us at the time, we just really looked around at the landscape of the industry, of the company. And no one, you know, so many people were all wearing black or red. <laughs> everyone, had to, everyone just wanted to be an ass kicker. And, you know, when, when you have, uh, you know, at the time of Mark Henry, uh, who was doing, you know, his, you know, his run uh, as a world champion where he's mowing people over. I'm not as big as Mark. So why am I trying to be another Mark or, or like a Brock Lesnar? You know, I'm not, I'm not his size. Why am I trying to be in that vein? So for us, it was always, how do we set ourselves apart? How do we find our niche? How do we find a position that no one else can fill? And, and that's what we really tried to work towards is, is just doing something that no one else was really doing. And I encourage more, you know, if I have young talent or, or people in the Indies who are coming to me and asking for advice, there are so many other people who can give you better advice about uh, entering stuff, about what you can do technically, so many other things. But at least I think I can speak from my experience of what it's like to, to pitch a gimmick, <clears throat> to pitch a gimmick to what it's like to try to do something outside of the box. And mm -hmm. although the journey was not easy, I am so glad that we committed to doing things in a way that felt right to us. That was always it. We felt like if we can make ourselves laugh, it was worth doing. If we, if it's interesting to us, we should do it. We weren't concerned about what, what does that hypothetical viewer out there, what do they want? Okay, let me fashion some idea or some promo that that hypothetical viewer would enjoy. So, no, no, no. What, what would make me laugh? What would make me think, oh, that's dope. What would make me get up out of my seat? Mm. And, and using that, like knowing like, okay, I, I think I have good taste. I think my partners have good taste. If we're all like, oh, that's brilliant. If we're all, oh, that, that's hilarious. Then yeah, it's worth doing. So I, I just uh, encourage more young talent to take risks, to try things, to not just follow the mold of, of what has come before you just don't be so cookie cutter and uh it's not necessarily going to be an easy journey um but it's worth it i really think it's worth it and and of course we had very we had lucky breaks along the way we had advocates in the writers room you know mike notorally was a, a writer that uh, we always credit because if it wasn't for him fighting for us in, in those rooms we, we don't get these opportunities so it's not just our merits you know we had people along the way and, and fortunate breaks as well that helped us uh get to where we got but uh i'm really grateful that we stuck to our guns and that we weren't swayed. You know, we had so many people backstage who laughed at us in 2014, who told us this idea was stupid, who denigrated us. Uh, but instead of that driving us apart, it, it brought us together. Mm. And it was us against the world it was kind of, that was our mentality of, we'll show you. All right, you don't believe in it? All right, you'll see. And, and uh, I think just that mentality really served us well. And uh, I'm grateful for it. An amazing, yeah, decade for you guys. Uh, obviously, classic feuds with, with the Usos, uh, and now we're on the road to WrestleMania 14. And it appears that we are going to get uh, Jimmy versus Jay at WrestleMania. Jay and Jimmy both having an amazing past twelve months, uh, despite going off in very different directions. Brother versus brother, twin versus twin at WrestleMania. The question, of course, e though, is 
would they still be twins if they were born on how different days? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Don't do this. Don't do this. The one thing that will split the new day. <laughs> That'll be it. That'll be the cause of the, of the demise. That'll be it. Here's my thing. I sometimes so so afterwards we get done filming. There's never a moment where like ah oh, that was a funny bit. There's never been a moment since. So I still and I am afraid to really sit them down and ask. Do, do you truly believe this? I'm afraid to. I don't want to know, I think. Um, so part of me wonders like how much of it is trolling and how much of it is is them really believing that that would make them not twins. It's it's scary. It, it frightens me. You know, we had a, a thing in this country called the No Child Left Behind Act. The problem <laughs> is it didn't work. We left many children behind, many, many children. And unfortunately, I was sitting with a few of them. <laughs> Um, but uh, great to see, well, not great, obviously, in, in terms of those two fighting each other, but to see them uh, going off in their own singles directions after so long, just pigeonholed as a tag team, Jimmy and Jay. Yeah, no, it's been beautiful to see them elevate. You know, oftentimes I think when you come in as a tag team, you think you have a certain ceiling and this is where you're at. And, you know, I think back to their run with uh, the painted faces, the colorful baby faces and how people, they did such an incredible job there. And then, you know, people kind of get sick of that because they, you know, they get they get sick of the the white meat baby face. Um, and then seeing them transition, you know, that, that really fun year of SmackDown in 2016 when the show was really changing and there's a true brand split and seeing them really take off with uh, that the, their run as a tag team there as heels was incredible. So, so, so knowing their journey too, and man, we go way back, man. I've known those guys since the start of my career. Uh, you know, Jimmy first in developmental um, and, and then Jay came a few months later. And man, as soon as they came, seeing how quickly once that tag team uh, in FCW, uh, was aligned. Uh, they they were off to the races, and they add Tamina. Uh, just and I still remember their debut. And you know, in FCW, you're you're so proud of your guys when you see them on TV for the first time, and you think, man, like they made it. They the, the dream is there because we just at the time you're you're just in this little warehouse. It's not like now where you you don't feel connected really to the main roster. You're kind of on an island in many ways, and to see guys you you grinded with, like I've told this story a few times. No, you know, uh, of just having to pick up Jay because, you know, for a while in developmental, like I would pick him up at his apartment because he didn't have a car and seeing him go from that, just kind of scraping by us, you know, collecting our pennies to make sure that we could pay our bills and, and still train to now this point of, you know, main event Jay Uso, seeing the crowd behind him, seeing, you know, that going from a long time tag team, especially as brothers, as twins to a bona fide, you know, solo star takes so much work, takes so mm -hmm. much time. Um, so I, I'm I'm really happy for Jay and for, for Jimmy as well to, to kind of make their mark and to do something, you know, I'm sure in many ways this has been a childhood dream to get to do this at, at WrestleMania, to have a big match against your twin brother uh, is, is also special. So uh, salute to them for getting to this point in their career and, and for all their hard work. You know, I think we aligned with those guys so quickly. And I think our feuds, uh, our feud was so memorable because we saw the craft so much of the same. You know, so many people are just too concerned about getting their stuff in, doing their moves. And for us, it was just about captivating the audience. It was about telling a great story. Uh, it was about like two teams, neck and neck, who is better. And and one time they have the edge, one time we do. And I love that back and forth. It was a really about all, like the goal was for all of us to rise together through that feud is that we all come out better. Not for me to look better than you. That Not my goal is to make sure that you're shoved down, that I mute your offense or I mute your ability to get over so that I can look better. But it's really about telling the best story that we can so that we all rise.
Yeah, and I'll never, and I mean, obviously you've had some amazing matches, but I'll never forget that moment on the on the road to Kofi Mania where they forfeit the uh, the tag match. I thought it was a, a, so emotional and powerful. I just, I absolutely loved that. Uh, sticking with uh, Woods and Kofi, though, they are in action, of course, this coming Monday on Raw in a street fight against Imperium. What do you make of Imperium? And my God, Gunther's a terrifying man. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Man, they've done uh, all of my New Day by Society. Imperium has done a really incredible job on the main roster. You know, and there were times earlier where you wondered if they were going to be split. And uh, I'm such a fan of factions. So mm. seeing uh, seeing more factions the, the last couple of years has really been great. And, and Gunther's been on a really incredible run, a special run. And uh, I, I love that he's just so different. Um, his style doesn't, to me, remind you of anyone else mm. uh, in, in the company. Right now, uh, you buy everything he does. You buy everything he says. Uh, he has a level of intensity that I, I think is almost unmatched. Uh, you know, and and he and Sheamus were such a, a good pair because those guys both bring it uh, in, in very, very, very physical ways. And uh, you know what they did at, at Mania, the match with Drew too mm. was just so good. Um, so yeah, man, it's uh, the stuff with Imperium has been great, and I and I love that it's brought out a different side of Woods and Cope. We obviously love the fun-loving stuff is we we we've done to death, but uh, I love when you know someone is able to bring out that intensity in us and that that next level. And I'm really excited to see what they do on Monday to see what the street fight looks like. Uh, I, I know it's going to be creative. I know it's going to be intense. I know it's going to be physical uh, and all those things. So um, yeah, man, it's a uh, salute to Imperium, what they've done, the grittiness that they bring, because they I think they, they really help bring out another side of talent. And that's what you, you want to see. And that's what you're looking for. Well, let's talk meat. Um, the Good segue, real, real yeah, good. So, okay, let's stop meat. All right, yes. Uh, the what's the latest on this this meaty man invitational then? And 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 you must be great for you to you know tune into Raw and you know you see the likes of Ivar and Bronson Reed and when they collide, people are literally chanting the word meat. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it, I mean, there, there does seem to be potential. I mean, AW literally just announced Meat Madness, I believe, for a, for a revolution. It's it's taking hold. This thing. It, it really is. Uh, I did not anticipate. It's been like, I think it's been close to five years since that mm. absurd podcast rant. Um, <laughs> so for one, I can't take, I want to make it clear. I cannot take credit for this idea. It was apparently was Ivar's idea. He's pitched it. Woods told it to me. And then I decided, let me help to broadcast this idea. I'd love to see it come to fruition. But no, man, I, I, I think it's been really cool. Uh, you know, when I first started in this industry, really the focus was on heavyweights. Everyone had to get bigger. When you're in FCW, if you're around 200 pounds, they tell you, you know what, you could really benefit from putting on another 40 pounds. So that was, so I think that was what people were accustomed, like what wrestling was, you know, like Kozlov when I first got into the company was getting a push. Uh, Ezekiel Jackson was getting a push. Yeah. So you're used to like, all right, your, your, your mainstays typically are going to be very big guys. And then, you know, I think with a lot of the ROH led influence with punk, with Rollins, with Brian, you start seeing more guys who are not, you know, the ultra heavyweights. So style shifts a little bit. So it's so it's been so interesting now that the meat division feels like kind of what the cruiserweights used to be in different ways. You know, it's because the focus has shifted. You you know, fans want to see guys who are are better workers and not just the beefiest men possible. But the great thing is now we have, I think, that transition has really led to more big guys who don't just do shoulder tackles and mm. and uh, no sell like big guys who are athletic and like seeing ivar do the, the whoopee cushion off the top rope the, it just you know 
just incredible things. So now you have big guys doing really athletic things, really impressive stuff. And I think that's exciting for fans. And uh, I think about all the guys right now who might not necessarily have a position going into WrestleMania. And, you know, typically there is some kind of, there might be an icy title, a ladder match where you throw in, you know, like six to eight guys who are all mm -hmm. really talented and deserve to be on that card, but don't necessarily have a story. Or last year you had that, you know, a lot of people were kind of poo-pooing the, uh, that multi-man tag team match. And it the was showcase, awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. It was oh, also so good. good. Yeah, a ton of fun. And I think, uh, I think this year would be a great opportunity to do something really fun with the heavyweights, you know, like let's get them all in there. Let's get an Amos, let's get an Ivar, let's get a Bronson Reed. Uh, we'll see what Bobby Lashley's doing. I think we have an, we have enough bigger guys. Uh, and you know, too, seeing what Ivar has done, I think uh, what's really cool is you know sometimes when your your partner is hurt, you can kind of be on ice, but he's really taking this opportunity mm -hmm. to, to like showcase what he can do. So uh, you know, we have a, a, enough big guys on the roster right now where I think something like that would be really fun. Uh, fans are really into this uh, meaty men nonsense. They're they're into it. We have whether it's an Arby's. Whether it's a Slim Jim, you know, Slim Jim's already on board as yeah. a sponsor. Just, just anyone who's a, a purveyor of meat, anyone who brings in a lot of meat, I think that's a great. You know, we WWE obviously we love to put sponsorships on on anything yeah. possible, so we could sponsor that bad boy. Uh, maybe some kind of a a large uh, a meat stick uh, as as a as a trophy, an award. There's there's a lot to be done here. So again, I'm not the originator of this idea. I am just a supporter of it. Uh, and yes, I, I'm a fan of all the uh, meaty, beefy style matches, uh, and it's been really fun to see people chant uh, the nonsense that has kind of run around in my mind for a little bit. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I have no idea if any of this is going to happen, but I want it to happen at WrestleMania. Yes, I agree. The campaign starts here. Yeah. Um, so who's on your sort of meaty man Mount Rushmore? Ooh, this is a very, very good question. I was a huge Vader fan as a kid. I got to put Vader on there. Uh, just a big, I love that he was, uh, you, like, you believe everything he does. Uh, an athlete, I believe he played, uh, did he play in the NFL? I know he played college football, but I think he played, he played football. Uh, anyways, so I put Vader there. Um, I'm a Scott Steiner guy. I, I love Scott Steiner, man. Uh, just, especially early in his career, being super athletic, but still powerful, like that blend of athleticism, uh, the amateur wrestling background, uh, just uh, an incredible promo. And uh, and one you can't really replicate, just uh, the mind of Scott Steiner is one that I would like to inhabit. At one point, like uh, there's a movie with Vincent D'Onofrio called The Cell, uh, Jennifer Lopez, where they enter like the mind of a serial killer. I'm not saying, like, I, I feel like his mind would just be very vivid. I feel like there'd be a lot going on in Scott Steiner's mind. Astonished they gave him a microphone at the Hall of Fame. I was terrified <laughs> and excited at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so let's go Scott Steiner. We'll go Vader. Uh, I was also, I was a Ron Simmons guy too, man. Mm. Like Ron in his prime, whether it's Farouk, you know, funny teal hat aside, uh, I just always like, I loved him as a kid. I just thought he just the way he tossed guys around, you, you bought him as a badass, all those things. Uh, so I'll put Ron, and now I got to think about my fourth spot. You know what? I got to – I'd probably go Andre. I got to go Andre. You know, yeah. I got to live love to uh, the – he's a legend. So, uh, yeah, we'll go Andre for, for that for that final spot. Um, I forgot to ask you earlier when we were talking Gunther, who's your pick to, to finally dethrone him? Man, 
look, obviously they were going in a different direction for Mania, uh, what we all have read, but the Gable story. Yes. I am such a fan of Chad Gable. I have long been a fan of Chad Gable. Outside the ring, just a great, phenomenal dude. All that aside, just what he brings into the ring is special. That rolling German, I remember we wrestled and I was at the time, I was over 300 pounds. The way I, the way he's able to lift me up with ease is incredible. What he does athletically, his strength, his amateur wrestling background, really what he's done now as a promo, his ability to like his connection with fans as well. His story is so visceral, seeing the stuff with it, his daughter at ringside, his family, all that stuff, the story, I just felt like the way they left it felt open-ended. It felt like, man, I I don't want this to be the end for Chad Gable on his run to dethroning uh, Gunther. So that is my pick. That is who I want to see. Uh, and I think so often at WrestleMania, we're always trying to find big attractions and big matches. And sometimes your your biggest matches are with guys who are mainstays on the roster mm. and, and they don't always have to be part-timers. So uh, Gunther versus Gable, for one alliteration, you know, that alone, <laughs> just <laughs> that helps. So yeah, I, I'd love to see that for, for Chad. I'd love to see him win. I think that moment at WrestleMania would be massive. You have the, in many ways, there's a, a David versus Goliath story. Uh, there's a story of Gable, a guy who's long been underutilized, uh, getting that opportunity, seeing what he's done with Maxine, Tazawa, and Otis has been so much fun too. So uh, he's a guy who, I don't know, I don't think he's ever had singles gold uh in the company and he's deserving and i'd love to see him get that opportunity uh, one final question before you uh before you head off you were a star of nxt of course you rose up and the 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 way that developmental has changed and and evolved now is 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 fascinating to see i'm a huge huge fan of the the current version of nxt uh, we've just seen Ron Breaker literally signed a contract to, to join the main roster. Tiffany Stratton's just joined as well. She's going to be in the Elimination Chamber this weekend. But who are you, uh, who are you keeping an eye on right now in NXT? Who are your picks for, for real future stars from down there? And Trick. Yes. He's been doing his thing. Yeah, it's, it's I love, uh, and to, I guess, kind of, you know, I, I started on the main roster as a heater, as, you know, uh, just kind of the side piece in many ways. It's, it's a little different, his role uh, with Carmelo when he, when he first really started. Uh, but uh, actually, I'd forgotten that he was one of uh, Apollo's soldiers or uh -huh. whatever. Yeah, he, but, you know, he did that briefly when Apollo and I were feuding uh, during that uh, run that in many ways, this is no shade on Apollo. It's just the stuff with the the, the sword, the, the, the stick with the, I don't know. Anyways, the fake, the accent and everything. We don't need to get into it. But anyways, seeing seeing him go from that position to being Melo's, you know, uh, you know, sidekick to now, I love, I told him, I got to see him afterwards, but seeing the reaction on the main roster, when, when they're chanting it, when they get it, when they haven't even had, like, there hasn't been vignettes on the mm. main roster for him. There hasn't been a, a real proper introduction in many ways, but it's like people are watching and they're behind you and they're getting it. And I love that. And he's so charismatic. And seeing him prove, like, he's I, he's the kind of guy who's going to put the work in. He's just going to keep mm. getting better and better and better. And I think oftentimes 
and I'm not saying this with him, but I think oftentimes with younger talent, people write off young talent because they're being thrust on TV to get experience at early points in their career, and they need time to grow. Like I, I look back to uh, so many of my earlier matches in NXT, even my earlier matches, first couple years in the main roster, and I cringe because I wasn't as ready as I thought. I just needed those reps, and it's just been great to see Trick's growth, to see him get better and better. He's done uh, really such a, such a great, great job, and uh, I'm excited for, for what he does on the main roster. He looks the part. He talks differently. Uh, he's got a certain swagger about him, and uh, it's been really cool to, to see his rise uh, in NXT. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for what he does on the main roster because I know the time is coming. Um, but, yeah, he's a, he's a burgeoning star that, that I'm excited to, to see continue to grow. Absolutely. Well, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you as always. Uh, best of luck with the future of Our Heroes Rock. Go and check out Bridges, the Ruby Bridges story on Our Heroes Rock's YouTube channel. You can still support them, uh, hopefully for, for future projects as well. Um, but yeah, check it all out. Uh, Bridges on Our Heroes Rock. Uh, Biggie, thank you so much for chatting to us today. I appreciate you. Thank you, Adam. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 